Sweet tarts dared to combine sweet and tart. But we didn't stop there. We combined soft and bouncy to bring you new Sweet Tarts Gummies Fruity Splits, a uniquely delicious dual-sided gummy with one side that's sweet and one side that's tart, but entirely smooth and squishy. Mmm, a powerfully perfect combo. Sweet Tarts, dare to combine. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. At participating McDonald's. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, welcome to another episode of Smart TV. I'm Caroline Frost and with me is our podcast editor and TV fan extraordinaire, Kellyanne Taylor. Hello, hello. Now, Kellyanne, first of all, I believe uh, you have a director's note to report. I do. So just wanted to say a big thank you to Charles for writing in and give an apology. So Charles has asked that we repeat the names of shows. We're really sorry. We know we're supposed to do this. We do get so carried away and excited to tell you about all of the TV shows we're reviewing. The film that I mentioned last week, which um, sounded like Brickland, uh, is Brooklyn, the place <laughs> in... Yeah, I, I can only apologise for enunciation there. non-Irish yes. accent? <laughs> yes. Um, so it's Brooklyn. So if you still want to find that, that's the film starring Saoirse Ronan. And we will endeavour to make sure that we are coming back and circling back and letting you know what the names of the show we're talking about. And as always, you can find them afterwards in the show notes. So... Caroline, starting us off. <laughs> very good, very contrite. Yeah, well, it's actually, you're going to lead this one because you are the mm. football correspondent for this podcast. Yes, uh, it seems I, believe I am. The, <laughs> I believe we have the Women's World Cup in our sights. Tell us what we should be looking out for and why even non-sporties, asterisk, like myself, should be tuning in. Yeah, so, I mean, I came to football so late and the only reason that I've really got into it and I've been to a few of the Arsenal ladies' games at the Emirates, not that that's a normal spot, but the big games are held there. When I got into it was the Women's Euros and the feeling and the phenomenal atmosphere that was part of that tournament and the way that it felt very inclusive, especially for people, you know, I didn't go up watching football. I couldn't name every player in the squad. But I think the incredible performance that they gave at the Euros means that this is only going to be so much more exciting. So the tournament this time is held in Australia and New Zealand. And a lot of it is going to be breakfast time viewing. It's going to be on whilst we're having our cereal, toast, uh, you name it. Oh, that's quite fun. Yeah. I think. So, and that's what Set I think as well. 
well. And and like I said, the atmosphere is slightly different, I think, for women's football in that I think it is that it's incredibly exciting, but I don't think that you need to be sat down the pub having a few pints. I think you can watch it over your morning coffee. The first time that we'll see England play, it will be on Saturday, the 22nd of July. So that's worth uh, putting in your diaries, I think. Jolly good. Rightio. Okay, so let's press on. We do know that you like your factuals, but this is going to be a predominantly drama-led edition, just to let you know in advance. So uh, let's kick off with something up your sleeve. So I came to this, Caroline, so late. So this is Bad Sisters on Apple TV. Oh, where were I, you? Where was I? Don't the, know. The reason why I'm bringing it to listeners this week is because I'd kind of heard some hubbub about it and hadn't actually given it the time of day. And it's because it was described to me... I think the premise sounds a bit ridiculous, but Sharon Horgan, who... I believe writes it and stars in it, mm-hmm. is just such a powerhouse. So it follows five sisters who one of them is in an abusive relationship and the other four decide to plot against the husband um, to kill him. And it becomes, the opening scene is his funeral, so we know that he's dead and it kind of charts together what actually happened. So it's just, have you seen it, Caroline? No. I'm even later than you. I know. I don't know why I'm telling you off. (laughs) I think why I enjoyed it so much was I think very rarely we get to see, I know we see women on screen, but to see them with this texture and with this much control and screen time is just insane and to see something so well done and I mean when you do give women the spotlight you know I did an interview recently with Ema Kenny who told me that it's the statistics of women screenwriting is something like eight percent and most of that work is adaptations it's adaptations of successful work so the amount of women doing kind of original content is so slim so I think And you see what happens when we do give the mic to these people, you know, Sharon Horgan, Michaela Cole, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. What comes out of it is this incredible, incredible richness. Not, not all, not always, surely. I mean, you get good writers and bad writers, but I think what you're highlighting is the fact that women should be given more opportunities. And Sharon Horgan, I think, makes a good case. She's definitely a reason that perhaps self-respecting commissioners might be a little bit more open to the idea of a female scribe and that's no bad thing at all. So that was Bad Sisters on Apple TV. Caroline, what do you have for me? Well, I have a gentleman writer, but he's a lovely gentleman, I should add. Uh, I do know he's him personally. He, yes, he's allowed in the club. This is World on Fire. This is the second series from the writer Peter Bowker, who, goodness me, what hasn't he done? He wrote The A Word. He wrote marvellous BAFTA-winning little single drama about the Stoke City kit man, Neil Baldwin. This is something on an epic, much, much bigger scale. This is about ordinary civilians all across Europe who are caught up in the perils of World War II and how their lives kind of crisscross and intertwine. So it's a sprawling tapestry of a drama. Very popular when it first came out, I think back in 2019. And he was expecting to just drop the second series immediately. He started writing the second series the day after the first one started. But then, of course, we had lockdown and all sorts of challenges to the TV industry as well as the rest of the world. So it's finally here and uh, the tapestry has got even wider and richer. But it's in very safe hands with one of my favourite writers and people, Peter Bowker. So that 
is. Oh, very good. We were talking about World on Fire, which starts in what I call the slot, the flagship slot, Sunday, 9pm BBC One, which is always a mark of confidence for the BBC Chiefs when they put a drama in that slot. You are assured of a pedigree production. Now, speaking of things that I missed and must be returned (laughs) to, Channel 5 are giving us all a chance to do this. So next Friday, we see the first episode airing of Yellowstone. It's the modern day Western starring Kevin Costner. And the reason why I'm excited to kind of get into it is because everybody who has seen it raves about it. My parents love it. My boyfriend loves it. When I spoke to Elizabeth Day on the podcast, you can listen to that episode. It's available in our archive. Smooth. She loved it. Thank you. So I want to know why people are so obsessed with it. So listeners, please, if you have seen this series and you are one of those who's obsessed with it, please write in and let us know why it is so good. So that's podcast at radiotimes.com. But Caroline, less western more exploitative drama we've got next (laughs) is there a segue there well we don't know if it's exploitative that's the question so we're talking about 15 love which uh, kicks off a week today on friday 21st on amazon prime free to all amazon subscribers this stars everyone's favorite cornwall cavalier pole dark himself aiden turner in a very different role mind you he wasn't always perfect as Poldark but he plays a tennis coach and he has a young female protege and she gets injured so her career is suddenly brought to an abrupt stop Uh, she finds herself a masseuse in a big tennis academy watching other people do what she wanted to do he comes back and it triggers her alleged memories of him crossing the line and I don't mean the tennis court so it's about He said, she said, and we don't discover for quite a while, obviously I'm not going to spoil it, whether he is in fact just a a targeted man who happens to be too good looking and too cool for his teenage protege to cope with, or whether he is actually a wrong one. It's all about the really quite intimate, well, some might say over intimate world of young competitive tennis. And of course, they do rely on their coaches. The best tennis players in the world wouldn't be where they are without these very close relationships. And it's about the blurred lines that in some way exist between inappropriate and uh, very, very effective for world domination. So enjoy. I watched all of it in one go just because I could, and it's that kind of binge fest. But some of it you might need to watch between your fingers as well. Yeah, so Caroline, what do you think about this? Do you remember that there was a drama a few years ago where a woman goes on a date with a doctor and she wakes up in the morning and she goes to the police station because she believes she's been sexually assaulted? Do you mean liar? Liar, that was it. Yeah, yeah. And when I was watching that, I thought, surely there's only one way this can end because we live in a world right now where the narrative, I think, is already women are having to do so much to get their voices heard. So what do you think, like, ethically about these stories? Because in my head, I'm like, surely this only ends in one way because otherwise we're perpetuating a narrative where women aren't listened to or aren't believed. Where or, do you think that or, fits? or cry wolf, you know, and then yeah. other women get punished as a result. Really interesting question. Well, I would say that the writers, perhaps, if anything, aren't being morally active. They're being quite opportunistic in seizing the zeitgeist, which is the discussions in the real world of all of these 
did he, didn't she? Or you know, it's 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 complicated and nuanced. And of course, never mind what tabloid headlines have to say. We know that things are really complicated. I think that at their best, and I'm not sure Liar did it, but I do think 15 Love achieves a bit more subtlety in that things are not black and white and that people err. And obviously I'm trying to talk about this without spoiling it. Mm. But I think if they're being really honest, they're being quite cunning. It's a glamorous production with a serious dilemma at its heart and it leaves intelligent viewers to go away and think about it. So I think that's that's the most we can hope for, really. But I agree, it's uh, it's rich territory for writers, but it's quite demanding as well of us as viewers and participants in the, the social kind of mix that it's bringing up at the moment. Well, I'm definitely going to watch that, Caroline. You've sold that to me. So Good. that is Job 15 done. Love. Yes, Amazon Prime, a week today. Amazing. So now I give you my film of the week. So this one... As, as I say, I always try to keep them as often as I can to terrestrial so that you don't have to pay for them. This is Rocketman, Channel 4, 9pm on Sunday. So again, primetime viewing. I think it's really nice to watch this film post seeing his performance at Glastonbury, mm-hmm. which we spoke about a few weeks ago. Obviously, it's specs, drugs, rock and roll, Elton John, uh, the biopic of his life, the kind of instant pat journey along the yellow brick road that eventually led to stardom um, and Taron Egerton does a fantastic job I also didn't know that he performs Elton John songs himself mm, most which of I them. think is good effort yeah yeah for sure and you know what I like about this film is that unlike Bohemian Rhapsody although Bohemian Rhapsody made more money is that Rocketman is a lot more real it's less embellished. I think that um, Queen quite reasonably were at pains to protect Freddie Mercury's legacy and really not give us all the, uh, the the complications of his life. And it's still a great film, but Rocketman, as you say, really does plunge our hero to the bottom before yeah. he, fortunately for us and for him, comes back up. Yeah, exactly. So that's Rocketman, Channel 4, 9pm Sunday. Now, Caroline, take me to our archive. Well, um, we talked about World on Fire. I mean, people do seem to have an untiring interest and hunger for wartime dramas. I don't know why. Perhaps um, enough time has passed that we're able to assess that period of history quite dispassionately, but also to realise just how many rich and interesting characters are thrown up through the perils and travails of war, as Peter Balkas found with World on Fire. So I just wanted to let people know that if they like that, they'll love dot dot dot. There's Foil's War on ITVX. I think there are four series of that, four to seven available. You can catch up with SAS Rogue Heroes on iPlayer. The first series is there. This is Stephen Knight's very adrenaline-filled soundtrack pumping action scenes of the creation of the SAS out in the desert during the war. And finally, something a little bit gentler, but no less interesting and complicated, The Chamomile Lawn, which is on channel4.com, which is Mary Wesley's book, bestseller a few years ago, and uh, brought to TV with an all-star cast of, who shall I say, Jennifer Ely, Paul Eddington, Felicity Kendall, Toby Stevens, and a very, very young Rebecca Hall. So it's, I mean, it's a family dynamic mostly, but it's set again against those shadows of what's going on in Europe. So three wartime dramas to feast if you can't wait for World on Fire, second episode the following week. Amazing. I think that's all we have time for. So just to say, if there's any programme you think we should be talking about, and um, what did Lloyd Grossman say? Cogitating and digesting 
interesting, please do write in to podcast at radiotimes.com and we will very happily watch it, chew on it and then chat about it. And in the meantime, happy happy viewing. viewing.